This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. This month, Sorcerer will release their new album, Lamenting of the Innocent, via Metal Blade Records. With Lamenting of the Innocent, the band let their influences shine through, breaking up the epic doom with flavors of prog, post-metal, classic heavy metal, and hard rock. Purchase your copy now at metalblade.com slash sorcerer. Once again, Lamenting of the Innocent, the new record from Sorcerer. Purchase your copy now, metalblade.com slash sorcerer. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hey, how's everybody doing out there? It is I, your host, Petra Spych. I am always joined by... My name is Brandon Hahn, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. And... I'm Sylvia. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at It's the Sylvia. Make sure to follow our other co-host, Jocelyn Sharp. That's J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N Sharp. On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Jocelyn Sharp. I am at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter. Rise to Offend official on Instagram. And this week, guys, ah, big interview for me. Bucket list one for sure. I get to chat with Maria Brink from In This Moment. And we are here to talk about their latest record, Mother, which is out right now, guys. But before we jump into that interview, let's touch on a little bit of the Metal Sucks news. That's where we're at now. <laughs> <laughs> do that again. That's our new sounder. I mean, this. for the time being. I love it. it. Do it again. It's hard. Do it again. News. Oh, wow. Okay. Very, was it supposed to be sexy? Very, I, don't, I don't think that was. What do you mean supposed to be? <laughs> oh. Come on. My nipples are poking through my shirt. Hmm. Oh, okay. Well, that was one of us. Anyway, huh. so uh, first story I want to talk about, guys. I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, just to backtrack last week, we did do a, a, a rap on the Jamie Jost episode last week, guys. Many of you guys heard our repeat listeners, my kids, Dio and Briscoe, did a rap, uh, the coronavirus rap. And we got a bunch of emails, and everybody was on Team Briscoe. Not one person was on Team Dio, now, meaning... Oh. For those of you that don't know, yeah. Briscoe is like, open this shit up. Let's do Sweden. Yeah. And Dio is like, is like time, no, pump let's not. Breaks. Yeah. And yeah, all, all the listeners that write were uh, all Team Briscoe. Not one person was on Team Dio. So uh, I will say that Briscoe, I was surprised. I, I, lie. I will say that as far as Briscoe's rhyme structure, was better. Yeah, was it? Yeah, the okay. rhyme was <laughs> is that better. what it was? The rhyme was better. Okay. And I think a that little more it, savage. Yes, yes. I, and I think that's what attracted them to that rap. Okay. They're like, they're it's, like, oh man, it's so much better. It flows better. I think he's right. It's that simple. Yeah. Just, whoever rhymes better is probably right. That's kind of, yeah. okay. that's who I go with. So okay. that's where I was at. First news, as we talk about, as we're dealing with the coronavirus still, uh, all as a, uh, a, a world is that drive-in concerts a dude out in uh denmark a danish fella did a mm-hmm. drive-in concert just like a drive-in theater um and he had all the cars out there people were inside their cars not sitting outside of their cars as he performed on stage now um what do you guys think about this do you think that you can do like a, you, you, it's just like a drive-in movie theater you know so I think I'm assuming I'm assuming without knowing all the rules that um, the speakers of your car are the conduit for you to hear everything or possibly just the windows down, which I think would be really bad. Is it actually like the musicians are on stage? Yes, the okay. musicians on stage. So performing. they're there. It's just one guy in this okay. picture, I guess, with a band that you'd have to get your six feet away or whatever just to, you know, follow the rules. OK, so it's not like like a DVD or DVD. no. Now, what would you would you guys attend a? Obviously, to me, this might work with like a folk acoustic type singer. I, I can't say it working with the bands, but let's just talk about it. Would you guys be open to go see a drive-in concert? No, and I'm and not only it, here's the thing. Maybe because as I of would. right now, as we of all right want to leave the house. Yeah, we yeah. all want to leave the house. <laughs> so we'll take what we can get. So I think for now, that's it's a temporary solution. Yeah, but exactly. I'm talking about in the future. Do you think? Hey, it's Metallica's like, playing. You want to go sit in your car and watch them? No, if it's like in two years, nah. No, no, no. Mm. I'm not gonna go see Metallica. I don't want. First off, it depends on these speakers because we all know that driving speakers suck. And then mm. if you want to tune into the radio that's station, what, that's what you do at a driving theater. Most, uh, from my experience, we have a driving theater out here uh-huh. that was open for two days and then shut down by our governor immediately. 
And what you do is you t- tune to the FM channel and you hear the, the movie through there. And yeah, it sounds, you know, whatever. It sounds like ready. dog shit. Yeah, and, but it's okay. But my thing you're is always... McDonald's. Nobody cares. You bring in your own food. Right, right. And when the, now it's even sadder if you're eating McDonald's. <laughs> but it's like... But, but my deal is, is if you're going to watch somebody on stage, I get it. I mean, there is still something magical about watching a performer. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were talking about Metallica. And yeah, it's not the same. If, unless you have like 20,000 people, there isn't magic sure. there. There isn't electricity. But if Metallica want to come in and play in my fucking living room, I'd be like, all right, here, play, jam out for yeah. for me and this team, you know. Let's talk about from the artist's perspective. And, and we're talking about, we're, we're talking about, let's just say heavy metal. Let's not go to acoustic rock or you know any any kind of thing that i think would work without any energy from the audience and you're just looking at a bunch of car windows no people sitting in it's their not car gonna work. no like metal is all energy there yeah. th- the bands are not gonna i mean i guess they'll do it and they'll, they'll know people out there just to see a sea of cars but i don't think that they would the show would be no because exciting like, for them like if you see some guy in, in like the the driver's seat and he's just you know moving around like yeah. i don't it's not the same it's no. a little bit sad. Yeah, and, I'm and, not into the drive-in concerts myself. Yeah, and part of the glory is just the people watching. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. I would love to do drive-in concerts that are like Blu-ray DVDs of old concerts where they do them at like drive-ins with like you yeah, know, that makes sense. Because that to me is cool. That but would be fun. That's not a live band. I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm that's set up. That, that's editing. That's mm-hmm. you know yeah. high quality all, like, sound great, editing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's mm-hmm. like money goes into that. But if it's one guy sitting on sitting on stage in front of you know a hundred people in a car how are you supposed to even gauge that energy especially if you're an if you're a performer you're hearing no no amusement from the audience i mean you're hearing nothing it's like you're basically practicing i don't i and uh it goes to the next door we're going to talk about and that's randy Bly from lamb of god he said their social distancing will never work at a metal show that's a comment that he made and i agree i think that we i don't think there's really a compromise on how we do live music for the metal and hard rock world. I think there's only one way to do it. And that's mm-hmm. the way we've been doing it for years and years and years, which obviously isn't safe in well, these times. Um, Metal's a very primal sound. That's dude. what I'm saying. It's, it, there's, there's, it doesn't work if, it, if it's safe. Yeah. Yeah. That's the part. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, mm-hmm. even at 40 years old, I still want my metal dangerous. And yeah, that's what metal sure. represented mm-hmm. to me. Even though, let's face it, you see some... Not dangerous dudes. Well, in the I mosh mean, pit. <laughs> you're like, no setup. It, it has been, uh, I think, safer and safer as time has gone on, and that's maybe why the popularity's waned a little bit. You go back to the '80s and you look at the mosh pits of those punk and metal days. Mm-hmm. It's extremely violent, not really welcoming. It's like I don't want to be there. You want to people watch, kind of from the side. There was always that atmosphere. I don't think that atmosphere has really been there for a decade plus you well, guys no. agree it's it's been more of a a community-based dude like, social let's thing fun. let's have let's fun i don't think there's really been that danger element to it that's how i feel no absolutely yeah but okay i'll explain the danger element in just mm-hmm. a little bit but what they've done to metal concerts is they've made it like children's play- playgrounds so it's back in my day it was blacktop broken glass all over the place now it's this soft foam you know, everything's everything's safe. There's no monkey bars. But hey, kids are smiling. Yeah, but they're not smiling like they were back in the day. I mm-hmm. mean, unless you fell and blasted your head open, then fine, that sucked. But I mean, you had more fun doing dangerous shit. That's just a fact of life. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you know? Yeah. And that's what metal is. And, and the reason... That, Youth and, energy and danger is part of, of hard rock and metal. Yes, I, yeah, yes. Punk rock as well. Let's and, just say all of them together. Yeah. And that's the thing. And it's not just the slamming into each other. It's not just the moshing. I mean, even though, yeah, that has pretty much been removed. It I has mean, been removed, but it's been removed by cell phones because now you don't have the uh, social anxiety of doing that because you can hide behind your screen and just videotape the show and, and step mm-hmm. back. And so you don't have that, um, you don't have that same connection of like i have nothing to do i'm watching that that like if you ever like you the would first get time s- you ever stepped into a mosh pit i don't know if you guys ever had that moment where like oh this might be bad this might be bad and then you do a quick run and you get that that adrenaline of it of all that stuff now when you look around everybody's got their cell phones up kind of videotaping yeah. and everybody wants to be so careful you don't want to hit someone's cell phone i mean that's seriously you don't want to because it's a 1200 device so there's there's a different element of like i might actually hurt somebody something you know you it's, know what's it's funny is property we, opposed to bodily harm we is were more, more important yeah exactly we were more <laughs> concerned about slamming into each other's bodies but the things that have insurance on whoa You're let's like, not do whoa. that whoa hold on a second they that. might have to pay 50 dollars in shipping and handling you know like am i way off base for saying that that's how i see things now. no it, I, no it's right it, it, I've, it I've been to the it, last slayer shows and i remember slayer's mosh pit in 2001 was man i'm barely alive and now it's like oh look at all the cell phones but that you was know? but that was the beauty of metal back in those days mm-hmm. and i don't know if young people will ever experience that because yeah it's safer i 
guess, you know, I guess it's safer. But whenever you walked out of a metal show, you had that instant gratification that you were not made of glass. Mm-hmm. And that no other genre of music really brought that out. Like you go to hip hop and it's like, they're just waving towels around and bouncing. Same thing with stupid pop shows. There's no, there's no element of angst. And with metal and with metal and punk rock, it's like you actually walked out of there like thankful to fucking experience getting cut up, getting a fist in the eye. I can't agree with what you just said. I think every single other genre of music has the same danger element. Well, it's it's their version of a mosh pit. There is no version of a mosh pit. No other genre of music had a version of a mosh pit. You don't know what Baby One More Time does to pop fans. No, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) the danger element of music has kind of stepped away because. The generation doesn't like the danger, let's just say. And that's fair. The, the youth it's culture because they've is been not, told not to. Yeah, it's, it will, you know. Bo- Sad. Bodily harm, you know, isn't fun. We learn maybe the hard way, and maybe we learned from getting punched in the face not to do something. That's not a, been a part of culture for decades and decades. It's like, no, just don't get punched in the face. There's no reason for it. So it's a little different. But in a drive-in situation or in a social distancing situation, to take that out, I think metal can't really be a draw for fans. If I if I have to stand six feet away from somebody at a metal show and rock out, I got no problem with that. I think that's okay because of you know my age. But again, it's not going to give me the same. Well, maybe it will. Let's be honest. Maybe it will because no. I mean, if it if it's a if it's a packed show, obviously we can't do that. But if it's a if it's kind of a smaller show, I just again go back to the band them seeing a bunch of people apart from each it's other. I just feel like they're not going to give us what... That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I just see, don't. Randy Blythe is going to look out into the crowd, and he's mm-hmm. not going to see people losing their minds. He's not going to see people crowd surfing and, and slamming into one another, because he does say, get this pit fucking going. Still to this day, oh, he does. Yeah, 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 okay? yeah, 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 and it might sure. be a pit of 15, but I mean, it's like, it's still... Yeah. Well, oh, no, Lamb of God still got it. <laughs> right? Yeah. But I'm just saying, though, it's like these, these things that we want from our metal shows that that excitement that danger you know it's not there anymore but just because that's not there anymore it doesn't mean that we replace it with a drive-in metal show it's not gonna fucking work well yeah but well with the situation they have right now so we just wait it out you got to think about all these bands that live off of a live touring income you got to yeah. think about this fact is like you know i, I think for now it's it works well, just like we were talking There's about. There's got to be a compromise. Well, sure. Just, just like we were talking about well, we last waited week, out for like years. When the guy emailed us and he was saying that I'm He'll never go going to a show. show. Yeah. I'm never mm-hmm. going to a show. Well, then you know what? That I'm not trying to put pressure on that one guy, but everybody with that mindset, you're killing metal. Mm-hmm. You're not. That's how they make money. So like if the reason why you would go to a metal show or buy a t-shirt is because you want to let that band get back on the road and have some gas to make it to the next show. Mm-hmm. These you, guys are not rich. And you want to, well, that's the thing, but to be a selfish person too, you want to be like, I saw them on this record on that. You want to see all that stuff that, that, that makes you part of that uh, culture and that scene with that band. It's but that, a connection. But um, I'm just saying that attitude though, that attitude. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not trying to slam that one guy, but that attitude, when a band hears that, what do you think is going through their mind? They're over here like, I had better go back to school, you know, yeah. and learn something. But if, if you're taught, it, it, just even with the band aspect, if, if, if you're taught and you're realizing that, hey, me going to a football game could hurt my family and my life, let's just say, why wouldn't you sit at home and watch the football game instead of going to the event? We're talking about never doing it again. I'm not I talking know. about no, waiting. But, but I'm, not ta- people, I'm not talking about waiting until this is over 100%. And like they have quit. Yeah, exactly. Going. You just quit going in general. But that's what I'm trying to say. The mindset of you can get sick and you can get your family sick and they can die will never go away at this point. That is the reality of our world now. Am I wrong? Are, are we eventually going to be like, okay, well, it doesn't exist anymore. We're fine. No, this it's is going to... I think it's always going to exist, but yeah. at least there's going to be, you know, vaccines for it. I think I think we're going to grow from this. Yeah. Okay. I think there are going to be a growing number of people going, oh, wait a minute. I just bumped shoulders. I've just bumped naked shoulders with a person on accident and I haven't died yet. And the more that starts going on, and the more that this shit isn't blasted all over the news, mm-hmm. I just think more and more people are just going to go... 
you know, they're going to get back to shaking hands. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, what a foreign concept. It's gradual. You know, like, that's what I'm it's, getting it's, at. Yeah. It's gradual. So to think that this moment in time is going to last forever no. is not no, fair. I don't think so. It's we're, not we're, fair. We're just a culture that needs a resolve now, now, now. And it's like, hey, you have to be patient. That doesn't work right. <laughs> anymore. And that's why, I guess, we're an instant gratification society so, at this point. I guess point. that's yeah. why that guy kind of gave up. He's yeah. like, well, I'm never going to, if, if I don't have a cure right now, if I don't have my normalcy right now, then mm. forget it. I'm it, not going to do anything anymore. And that's a good point. And that's my thing. It's like, I would, I would love to talk with this guy in two years and see where his mindset is I at say, today. I say four months from now, a lot of things are, are going to, let's just say that's my guess. If I say, no, it's not anything in 2020, it's anything in 2020 entertainment wise. I'm not going to say it's not going to happen, but it's going to be a long, arduous process. Well, there's, let's, there's a dent. Let's go it. to uh, some of the concerts that, you know, there's a lot of concerts that still haven't been canceled. Bad Religion did something that a lot of bands, uh, I think, might be a good idea if you're on a certain scale, and that's just canceling the show, not postponing it, not rescheduling, just canceling. Your fans get their money back on their tickets, and they can rebuy tickets. Now, obviously, if you're a bigger band, we're talking about something like Rage Against the Machines reunion tour. You have to reschedule because to put your fans through the hell of getting tickets to that show again would be a nightmare, right? Because and plus the, the prices. The prices, exactly. For that, yeah. So, for but that, we're talking a year or two from now. Well, yeah, but when you, if you if you paid, let's just. If you paid $400 for two tickets to go see Rage Against the Machine, wouldn't you rather them reschedule it two or three times instead of go through the process to find those tickets again? Dude, in two years, I might have like two or three children. I mean, it's like you don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. within two years. I mean, the idea to sit so there and think So you think they should people, cancel? Right? Yes. Wow. Okay. Because, they're, dude, they're not going to get their money. They're not going to be able to... I don't want to pay money for three, two, three years in advance. Are you crazy? No, dude, give me my money now. And especially now, especially with the fact that people need their money. How many of those people are out of work? You know what I mean? Cancel the fucking show. I, I, I see your point on the people that need the money, but man, I got to tell you, like if... if I'm kind of thinking about the, the concert goer. I, I, I'm thinking for me is like, hey, you know, I didn't have that money in my pocket. I pay that. I just can't wait to see Rage on the reunion tour. I don't want to go through that hassle of finding tickets again, which is a nightmare with, with that reunion oh, tour. Oh, yeah. I mean, and God, I would when tickets be- went on sale, people just bought them and they jumped on internet sites. Oh! What a fucking nightmare. It's not, dude, no. It's not people waiting in line outside of concerts for two days. Yeah, but you realize something that if you, say you bought your tickets to this Rage reunion, you pay $200, right? Mm. And then they cancel the show. And then scalpers or whatever, bots pick up all the tickets. You're going to end up paying $2,000 for those same seats later. That's a reality. That's not me making something up. That's how things, that is. It's not going to go 10 times higher unless, unless it is the ticket to get. You don't pay two thousand dollars for so a concert, then, and then you—I mean—you don't pay two thousand dollars for a concert. That's stupid. You're a dumb person if you pay two thousand dollars, unless you get to sit on the lap of Zach De La Roca while the show is happening. Okay, well, then you get to pay two thousand dollars. That's sexy. Unless yeah. I get one dreadlock from Zach's head, <laughs> then I'll pay two thousand dollars. But you see the point of of, of them canceling—that it's not going to be in the best interest of a lot. It's going to be there's going to be it's going to be a bummer for fans. a lot of people. Yeah. Some because fans, again, like those tickets were very hard to get. Yeah, it's Rage Against the Machine reunion. That's a big deal. Yeah. In this in this day and then and age. trying to get them again. Oh yeah. man, so that's so capitalistic. <laughs> I wonder what Tom Morello thinks of this. So you think everybody should just cancel and get the money back. That's Dude, we're, we're talking about a, a concert like that where it's going to be thousands and thousands of people all at one place, minimum, at the These show, These are stadium right? shows, yeah. Yes. Okay, uh, no, that's not going to happen for a while. Give the people back their money, and when it goes on again, hey, you know what, just try and get them again. Maybe the people that didn't want to drop $2,000 for a ticket will be able to get them for 200 if they jump on it and plan accordingly. Well, in, in, in fairness, the tickets might be cheaper because people might not want to go out. You see what I'm saying? So it might actually uh, benefit the fans in one way. I don't, I don't know if that's going to be the case, but I don't think I don't people are yeah, happening. I, yeah. I, 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 I personally, it's don't. a, it's a nice thing to think about. Yeah. yeah. I don't think, I don't think the people that are as scared as what you're saying are going to go, Oh, whoa, they, they just dropped $50. Dude, let's go now. Let's put our, <laughs> let's put our family at risk. It's like, dude, no, I'm just talking about the people that were on that high of alert. Like they're not going to change their attitude as a, as a result of this. Yeah. So, uh, next, next story I wanted to touch base on is that, uh, we talked a couple weeks ago about Danny Carey saying that tool might write an EP during this quarantine time. Well, Lars from Metallica said they might record a new album in quarantine. Um, they got time. Their record is, uh, you know, it's years past. They've, they've taken a break. Obviously there's, there's been a stop because James went back to rehab. 
So um, I can see a new Metallica record happening during this time. I think right about now. This I think is, this is the best time because... I think with everything you just said, including James going back to rehab and getting his head on straight and probably finding some sort of inspiration, mm-hmm. I think this is exactly what he wants to do. I would imagine he he's like, guys, let's do it. They recently, we got the time. Uh, they recently um, released a, a video of them covering a song, mm-hmm. and they're all like in their different yeah. locations. So, I mean, it sounds great. Uh, unfortunately, at a time when you have unemployment, what's happening and people losing their jobs, like... Uh, it's going to be dis- it's not disposable income you know you can't yeah. and and the arts are going to suffer dramatically cuz people won't be able to justify you know a lot of people in the poor and middle class world that you know i got to be the the blue collar is what keeps metal and hard rock alive dude you know what i'm saying and those are the those are the people that are going to be hurting the most during these times the next year or so right um and i'm not talking about the metallicas obviously but i'm talking about the bands that you know we love and stuff like that so a lot of people won't be able to you know pick up records they'll just be able to stream it and that's probably the only option they'll have for a lot of time so you're not going to see a lot of the the record sales and the numbers are going to probably stop for a little bit on on uh heavy heavy metal and hard rock and that that's unfortunate but you got to understand is that the fan base isn't you're not going to have the upper echelon fan base it's blue collar that's why we love this music that's why we we relate to it you know it's always been that way um i think a lot of People are not going to be able to be like, hey, I can throw $12 on, onto a record or iTunes, which is unfortunate, you know, even though we can go back to number four on the Billboard charts currently is a new Black Dahlia murder record. That's number four. But the sales, the actual physical copy sales was like 7,000 copies, which was less than Nightbringers, the one they did before, just because people aren't going out there and buying physical copies right now. Stores aren't open. Uh, Amazon's not making it a priority to ship it. You know, all those things. So... That is going to hurt a band regardless. And, and that's the whole thing is that the arts in general is going to be more of a, a quantity over quality you know, yeah. during these times mm-hmm. just to kind of get stuff out to people. And people, anytime you do that, you have a, a four or five months push of quantity over quality. People care less and less and less and less. And that's what scares me until it gets back to normal. And we're like, you can't, the album doesn't live until you see the band live. It just doesn't. And the song hits you if you're a fan. You know what I'm saying? And then you're like, wow, that song is amazing. You go back and listen to it. There's a journey for a song. And live is part of it when it comes to metal and hard rock. You guys disagree? Oh, I definitely think that's That's a necessity for this kind of genre. So you can listen to it a million times on CD and CD and CD. But when you actually see the band, you actually see them perform It's a different experience. Now you have a connection to that song, to that moment, to that that band. And to that crowd at that time. And that crowd. You're right. To that scene. There is something special about that when... It's metal. It's not the popular music. Yeah. You know, again, this is like a very niche audience. But when that one song hits that doesn't get radio play, yeah. and it doesn't really have a video, and then but everybody... It's so good. That's what I'm saying. And everybody just at unison just knows exactly what song that is. There is there is magic there. I've been in a mosh pit with one other guy during a track, during a song, you know, and we're just hitting each other back and forth and running around in circles. And at the end, we give each other five and give each other a hug. That's what I'm saying. Those moments, you're like, oh, I was in the pit. Nobody else gave a shit about that song, you know? And then you go into that. That's all part of what comes into you going out there and be like, I'm buying this fucking shirt to remember this moment, this show. Mm-hmm. That's all. Whatever one, happened to that guy, by the way. One big, I don't know. You know I don't, it doesn't matter. It's just a moment. Oh. You know, it's just a moment of, uh, of camaraderie, my friend. You did, know? did you name your sons after him? I know. My sons are named after um, an actor named Bruce Campbell. And then... Uh, no, no, no. An actor's character. An actor's character named Bruce Campbell and an amazing singer by the name of Ronnie James Dio. Bam. There's my son's name. Giddy up. So anyways, with that, guys, like I said, we we are going to wait it out. We're all hoping for the best, but we also have to be realistic about drive-in heavy metal shows. Not really and happening. Being realistic so. sucks. It does suck. <laughs> I don't like it. I love it, man. I live. I, I like it. Meh. I live in art. Art's fiction is my truth. So yep. let's uh, let's jump into uh, a really fun chat. Let's jump into my interview right now, guys, with Maria Brink from In This Moment. Everybody, what's going on? It's Petter on the Metal Sucks podcast. On the phone, I got Maria from In This Moment. We are here to talk about their great new record, Mother, which just came out a few weeks back. Maria, let's talk about the concept here because mother is a defining theme and term to all of our lives in some capacity. Mm-hmm. What was the primary right. focus for you using that term creatively on this record? I think it's just 
all the different meanings that the word has to me too, which is the little word, right? I'm a mother and then my mother's being so sacred to me and my ancestors and things of the sort. But then you go into Mother Earth and then even the mother and the father kind of representing God to me as well. So it really had a, a lot of different elements of, of the word. And, and our fans started calling me a few years back Mother Maria so they all just do it. So they kind of, the fans partly had uh, something to do with the naming of the album as well. Nice. So the the song, was it m- motivated kind of by the fans before you guys wrote that song? That song, um, for me, so I had just lost my grandfather, who in my life was my father. So, and he was a World War II hero. He was a Marine. He was in the military. He had 26 grandchildren. So my whole world, my grandfather was. He lived with us for the last 10 years. Um, well, so we, right before I went in to do this album, my grandfather passed, and we were all with him, which is what we wrote the song Legacy about. So when I went into the studio, you know, I was kind of had all of these emotions going on. And both of my two brothers in the band both lost their dad, all of us within a few months. So we were all really raw and everything. And I think that for me, my mother's whole world was my grandfather, and so that song I wrote to them, kind of like, that I will hold them up, and I will be there for them. And believe it or not, I have two mothers, and they are both singing uh, the backup vocals in that song on the album. Oh, that's beautiful. That's really cool. Yeah, it is beautiful. Yeah, that's 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 how important family is to us all, Is and then that you can bring them into something together that you guys shared, especially a tribute yeah. to, to someone that was so important to to yeah. you in your life that's that's really great i'm glad i'm glad we got that story dude i gotta tell you so thank you you're welcome <laughs> you're welcome um visually i i love to talk about you guys uh especially your live act the last i want to say decade or so at this point but um when you are writing the songs do the visual aspects pop up into your mind do you or you kind of do that at a separate time yeah i mean they all kind of it's really like there's no one way it has to be because sometimes I may see something in my head that visually I know I want to do, like, but I might not realize it. it. It might not be matched up to a song yet, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I'm listening to the song and I'm lost in the music and then, you know, I got my, I got my eyes closed, I'm in the dark, and I start seeing all these visuals come to life from listening to that as well. So it really kind of doesn't have rules. It kind of goes in different ways. Nice. Now, because our minds are, you know, they don't have a budget per se, has there ever been a visual right. thing that you had that you're like, I have to pull this off, and then it was too difficult? I mean, always. That's like the ongoing, <laughs> that's the ongoing uh that's the ongoing thing, you know, because I want the whole stage to be on fire and I want to float over the cr- levitate over the crowd. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a visionary person. I'm always, like, trying to, what about this? Or I want to be 30 feet high. Or, you know, my crew, I love them so much. They're so badass, and they come in there with these ideas, and they all help me to, like, bring it to life in our capabilities. You know, sometimes we can't afford something. We make it ourselves. You know, one of our, someone in our crew is a carpenter, and, we really are innovative, but sometimes we there's certain things we haven't been able to afford yet that I look forward to someday. I mean, we all want our Rammstein moment, right? Where, like, everything's on fire and fireworks are shooting off. Did you see the stop motion thing of them building the the set for the their show? I mean, it's unreal. It's it's so inspiring. They're so <sighs> it's, it's huge. It's so enormous. It's, you know... I love it. So I love visuals, and I love, and, you know, even with that band, too, Rumsden, I think that even without their fireworks and without all that stuff, just how the singer is such a character, and, like, there's almost these little skits going on during the show, and it, it is very, very, it's, it's one of the best shows out there. Absolutely. Yeah, no, you said it. Yeah. It, 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 it. They're just an originality to the personalities on stage as well. Oh, that yeah. You never know what's going to happen. It, I, I I feel like there's six wild cards on stage with those guys. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, and that's, that's an exciting element for them, that you're, you're waiting for your next wow moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm inspired by things like that. I love to have the show evolving and transitioning and to surprise people and bring completely new scenes throughout the show. I think it 
keeps people excited visually. Mm, absolutely, yeah. So, and that's something that's real important, I think, to the to me for rock metal, whatever genre you want to put us in. I think it's real important to have the theatrical moment and end with the song because what it does is that. You hear the song on the record wherever you are, say it's in your headphones or whatever, but when you see the band live and there's something to attach it to it, the song grows to another level. And it's so important to, to try to elevate that for us fans, you know, and, um, but budgets, I understand, you know, that's, that's something that is very difficult right, for yeah. a lot of artists. I know. And that's why you have to be creative and use your imagination, you know, so I have, um, for performers, for women who perform with me on mm-hmm. stage, and we do all of our performing arts together and stuff like that. And so, there, I can still be creative within my limits and still do things that nobody else is doing, and try to find ways to be innovative within our budget. And I think it can be, you know, it's just a different thing, but it can still be very impactful. And um, I love being able to be creative and and try to just keep pushing boundaries and pushing ourselves to, you know, experiment and go to another level. Absolutely. Now, something that I do like about uh, the modern rock scene is that there is a lot of collaborations. It's been such a joy to see so many acts collaborate with different artists. You've always been very open to that as a band, as mm-hmm. an artist. How it, how important are those collaborations to you for each record? I just think it's fresh energy. It's it's just, you know, it's like dating someone new. <laughs> it's like you're always in your you know working with the same people over and over and over so when you get to like step out of that and approach something in a totally different way and different sides of yourselves or maybe pull out different sides of another singer who's joining you on your album that necessarily they don't always go to i think it's always just exciting and it's fresh energy for me so i love it i love collaborating i slowed down a little bit as far as um, doing stuff on other people's albums lately but um i I definitely still will do it and, and have moments like that because it's fun and it's exciting. Two-part question on this one. Who was the most yeah. intimidating person that you collaborated with on an In This Moment record? And who was who were you most grateful asked you to guest on one of their records? Oh, gosh. I mean, I can't even say that yeah, because they're tough. all equally, <laughs> you know, they'll be like, why should we? Oh, so you didn't even like <laughs> You like the no? I'm equally love everyone. I was thrilled to have everyone. And Ivan is like a dear friend of mine. I love being on their album. I'm friends with everyone. All the people I've worked with, I have good energy and good relationships. Rob Halford was obviously like, okay, this is we're shooting a music video with Rob Halford, and he's playing the priest right now in the video. I mean, it was pretty. That was a a surreal moment, Um, and it was a really special moment too when when Lizzie and. Taylor Momsen both agreed to to come together and, and do this collaboration that we're doing for We Will Rock You. You know, I think I have so much respect for both of them. I think they're both powerful queens and, and so unique from each other. They're very different from each other as well. And I think they're, they're strong, strong, beautiful energies of what they're representing. And so the fact that I knew we were going to all collaborate as one, that was an ex- a really exciting moment for me. I, I, I was like, you know, I don't want to get too excited because sometimes you do that and then it might not happen, you know. But I, <laughs> like when I, when I realized it was really happening, it felt like a, a powerful moment. I, I agree completely. And then you know us, we're greedy. And you brought up the video with Rob Halford. Is there any talk about maybe a video with you guys doing this song? I mean, it's so crazy because it's being it's charting right now. Mm-hmm. Our first single was the In Between, which is doing great. Um, you know, we're one of those weird bands that don't we don't really focus on like oh you know are we going to be number one you know and i look i i should you know i look at bands that have been my favorite bands that you you would think had number ones but didn't from like nine inch nails to i don't know uh i don't know if tools it or not but like so many different powerful headliners of festivals never had like number one radio hits so we don't really always you know we don't judge our on where we chart we just kind of put it out there and if it does great it's great this and that because sometimes it's so surreal you'll have a number one band who's number one on radio but doesn't even draw nearly as much as another act who's never even been top 10 you know so it really goes back and forth with the different worlds but the we will rock you's charting without us even having it out there it's like climbing the charts and radio stations are like adding it so there is I guess it makes us think like, okay, well, I guess we may have to do a single from this. And if so, we would have to 
to the videos. So we'll see. I mean, it would be amazing to have us all come together and do a video together. And I think that they would both like that as well. I think both of the women would like that. Mm, fingers crossed. I think it would be a, a great video just to see you all at this, like if you guys do it on stage, even like special performance, I think it would be great to see just because yeah, like it's real. Exactly what I was going to say is it's really a powerful thing to have these three voices come together. And me being, um, I'm a born and raised in Las Vegas. I'm a Las Vegas native. And um, okay. so you have recorded every record out here, if I'm not mistaken, except for beautiful tragedy. Um, are you what? It, tell me about the producer role with Kevin Churko and you guys, and the importance of it for your band. He's become, you know, him and his son Kane actually wrote a bunch on our next, our recent album too, and he's been writing with us for a few years too. Kane is his little prodigy. Um, they have become like family to us, and it's almost like another band member. It's like that close, you know. Like they sometimes and things and like give us ideas and or the, we we just trust them and we see the way they can make us something sound this this 3d cinematic quality that that they, kevin can bring to life and can it's something that i really love the sound of that i love and some people don't love that but for me i really do love production and this 3d kind of sound that they give so it's kind of just become a family and a given and we kind of, I don't know. It would be so weird to not do an album with them. It would be very strange. Mm, yeah. That's what, that was the next part question. Would you ever consider? Cause everything's you guys as a team from a, a fan perspective, from the dream on every record is completely different yet. There's this new signature style to it. So I was, saying, right. and usually if I'm not mistaken, people will switch up a producer to kind of get that, but you do it without that. So that's such a, a plus with the relationship. And most of the bands that, you know, we were talking about in the hard rock scene, you know, from hell yeah, from five bring death punch that, that do all the records with Kevin out here. It seems like mm -hmm. everybody always returns back to that fold. Why do you think? I know, what's that say? Yeah. What's that say? <laughs> exactly. He's a great. He's the great, wise, noble one. You know, he's like he's like Gandalf the Great. He has, a, you know, we, he's a really gifted, him and Kane, because Kane ha got, the, you know, that's his son, and they work together, and he has that that magic that his dad has. It's, it's, they're both very eccentric, and their minds are special, and the way they hear music and the way they put things together, um you know, it's it's a talent that you come back for. You know, it's it's it, the sound is is beautiful. Nice. And our, aside from that, as humans, we're beautiful people. Like we love to be around them. And he's become a mentor to me, almost a fatherly figure. Kevin has to me, and I, I look up to him and I respect him a lot. Nice. Things are meant to be. That's that's what I like to hear. Yeah. That's that's when, that's when yeah. music always has that you can tell the organic friendship and, and stuff to it. I, um, yeah, I, I really, I love, I, I knew I was going to talk to you in about a week and then I got to revisit the catalog, right? Go back and listen to all the records. And I love doing that. It's one of my <laughs> favorite thing as an interviewer. Cause you're like, wow, I remember this moment and this moment through my life being a fan with you, um, your band for such a long time. And, um, but I was thinking to myself, I'm like, this song meant something different to me when I listened to it the first time than it does now lyrically. Do you catch yourself ever, um, revisiting a song or a track and you're like, wow, this completely has a new meaning to me that you've written? Um, that has happened to me before. Yeah. And it's so funny you say that because I actually recently did that with, thanks, first of all, thanks for listening to our music. I appreciate that. And um, I recently went back and started listening to some old stuff. And it's so funny because I, I sound like such a little girl um, on my first few albums. And it's like I can hear myself as like, you know, maturing and going from a girl to a woman and like, and turning into an artist. And I think and gaining that independence and you can almost hear it. Like there's like the sound happening through it all. I think Blood On definitely started transitioning. Um, but yeah, I have heard songs that um, maybe I have written in the past that about one thing that take on new forms uh, now, especially if it's something I have to sing a lot. And um, if I'm feeling something that I'm going through, even though I wrote the song about maybe something else, the song may very well be applying to something I'm going through in my life right now. And I, and I like the song, especially live 
when I perform it to make sure people are feeling it, you know. So it's, I think it, it kind of does kind of move with my emotions and where I am at in life. Dude, cool. Now, was there anything that you listened back to, like a deep cut that you're like, we need to put this, we need to try this song again on stage? Was there anything that you didn't play in the past that you want to try out on stage? <laughs> we have so many songs. It's so hard. Yeah. I, you know, I'm more of the, I'm more of the obscure, like long song, artsy one in like in our whole circle. So like, you know, I always love the artsy ones and the like more uh, off ones that like the crowd probably won't love love as much you know so it's always this kind of me trying to bring in some of that but then you know understanding the balance also of you know there's different scenes and there's different things and people wanting to be there they also want to let it out and they come to our concerts for i think diversity for sure but definitely to let out (laughs) so i have to find that perfect balance um but usually it's the more artsy obscure ones that i'm always wanting to bring back Nice. Into Dust is the longest track, I think, on the latest record. It's also the closing track. Have you thought about doing maybe like, and I know this is just kind of a a wild question, like a a 17-minute track that just has all these epic moments. Have you guys ever discussed or thought about doing something like that? You know, I'm I'm doing a side project here soon, and I'm starting to work on it. So I think that's where I'll be able to get all that creative Mm. nature stuff out of me. Um, Chris, you know, can go a certain amount of time and and we have on an album you know we can kind of do different things and there's no rules so we might you know what mm-hmm. we might we're always experimenting and we're always growing and i'm always bringing my favorite tool songs to the plate and how long they are and but it's a journey from the beginning to the end and so um i think we may because to me i love that as long as as long as it's a journey and you're fulfilled throughout that whole thing, it doesn't matter how long it is, you know. I love Sugar Ross. I love long songs. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think it'd be really interesting because, like you were mentioning, like a Tool song, there's always that moment when, if you see the band live and, and when, I, I guess, the crescendo moment with, that we, we expect mm-hmm. coming and then as soon as that vocal hits, I don't know, man. It's always an epiphany for me. That's always like the moment where I'm building up and then, okay, I'm silent. It's Yeah, it's special. And yeah. it gives you, a, a, you know, we, we do, we for our live show, we do have a lot of inter, intros mm-hmm. and interludes that kind of do bring some of that live build because, you know, we're always the performing artists switching our wardrobes changing or something. So I do like to bring elements of that but it's not always us playing live that long and i think there's something really special to that i want to do it so i'm going to push for that and my next album i'm going to have a 10 minute song <laughs> nice dude i'm I, I like it i like it so i like yeah. to talk a little bit of philosophy on occasion you know just to to see because i think artists are a very special breed of people especially those that live in the world and um you know make a living out of it pretty much so um, one thing I did want to bring up was there's a big dynamic that I kind of always talk about, which is belief versus faith. And it, inter- it intermingles in my mind with humans, right? But not always. But as an artist, it does evolve into something more defined um, and creates uh-huh. a truth for us as listeners and I think for you guys as well. From your experience, um, and simply in your opinion, of course, how does one who has dedicated their lives to creating an understanding and relate peacefully to those that don't? I think because they don't relate, mm-hmm. they want it, you know? Like, I think that's why maybe people that can't write music or don't necessarily understand how it gets created or where that comes from or how people are drawn, that's their passion. But they still want, you know, just like things that we can't do, we want to go see and we want to, you know, have be entertained by. So I think they work together good, the two different ones. Now, for me, truth has always kind of been in fiction. I've always fallen in love with films, music, all that stuff. So I, I do find that there's truth in all that. Um, in, in your opinion, do you think that technology embraces that kind of truth more or does it make it less real for us? I mean, I, I, I see your point. I do I do think it's it's a special thing that, you know, to see in real life, whether or not it's you're at an art gallery or a live show or, you know, whatever. I think there is something about the real one-on-one organic that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it goes back and forth. And I think more than ever with this coronavirus 
everybody's scared, everybody's stuck in their houses. So the beautiful healing thing is that they can all just stream the music on our new album that just came out. Mm-hmm. So we can go into everybody's households right now when they're stuck at home and they need to escape their minds into something really easily and beautifully through technology. So again, it's but it's got its pros and its cons because nothing is at its truest magical or as, like you're saying form as in one like when you're there at the show and you're, or you're seeing it live or you're looking at an art piece it's 3d for real in front of your face versus looking at it flat on a phone right because it has all those dimensions so i think it just comes with the pros and cons like everything else you know and i think musicians are going to have to push themselves to use technology with what we're going through with the coronavirus as well to to stay in touch and stay connected with the fans and and at the same time trying to you know because i'm i really don't even do press a lot anymore i don't do a lot of interviews and um i'm really i was practicing social distancing way before this happened i hide away a lot um but i think that this is even pushing me to say now that i can't play live and you know i can't connect with everyone in that way how can i connect with everybody on another level where i still feel like i'm being an artist and not selling myself but still learning how to use technology to connect with everyone in a way that i'm comfortable with so it's just finding the balance that was a long answer to your question no no it's perfect no i loved it now and you guys are such a band that like you said you love to do the live show at this time there's that limitation uh, where bands are doing like live streaming type things mm-hmm. have you right. ever did anything like that in the past like a live streaming thing without an audience is that something that is you guys have done? I, I haven't mm. you know i again i i'm pretty you know even on like social i run all of our social media but mm. like even from my social media i'm not like a a selfie person all the time i do one once in a while just because they love it so much but i'm more of just like a a private person I don't do a lot of stuff like that but like I said with the circumstances we're in and people being afraid and people needing I think people need to come together right now so I'm trying to think of how I can push myself out of my comfort zone and maybe do some sort of live stream in a way that I'm comfortable with that still has maybe some of those factors those mis- you know mis- those elements of what I love visually and maybe figure out how to do that in my own home and I would like to be able to do things for people to give them some sort of escape or working on something possibly that I can do. Just trying to figure out the right way to do it. And I got to tell you, like when you were talking about you don't do a lot of press and and there's certain elements to, um, you know, you as a person versus you in a band. I do think Mm -hmm. that that's something that's really, really important for artists in rock and metal that I don't think I see a lot of is is that mystique is is, is kind of staying you know with this separate um kind of personality that we don't know you know and that's something i do know social media has kind of broken that wall for a lot of people not not everybody but how important Mm -hmm. is that mystique do you think to to your fans and to audiences i mean i think when it comes to it's so important to me when it comes to music or art or even characters in movies, you know, sometimes you don't even want to see what that person is like in real life because they play the character so good in the movie, and it's it, weird to see them real. I almost didn't want to see them because they ruined the character. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there is a real magic to that, and I think for me also, I, I like the separation. I like my privacy. I like to have my home and my sacred self. Um, parts of myself that you have to keep for yourself I think but at the same time that balance of giving and sharing my soul through my music with people and um, being there and 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 being supportive to people also so it's like you gotta for me ride that fine line because I think you're right like with social media somebody something can sound so alluring and in your mind you create it to be this whole fantasy and then you go look at their page and you see all this stuff and it ruins sometimes it just ruins it you can't believe what you're looking at um and the mystique of what you built them up to be in your head magical fantasy is ruined um so i do think that people um you have to work with separating art from the reality and i think uh just you just gotta balance it 
Mm-hmm. You got to balance it. I tell that to the, my boys in the band too. But, but some people love, some people love to see those people in their everyday life, like how they woke up and this and that. Like you know, if I just do like a picture of me with no makeup on and it's just a silly little selfie, which I don't like to do at all, they will love that more than anything that I do because they don't. I don't know. They like to see the real people too. So it's like finding that balance. Yeah, I completely agree. And you're right about like the selfie or the pictures like that is that you're just saying hello for a minute. And it's it's a, still a statement, you know, that that yeah. works. I do feel if people yeah. say hello every single day, it loses its power. Yes, I agree with that. And and that's something that it, there is a balance. And we're learning it together, I think, as as people, not just artists, but as people in general. The last uh, question I did want to ask you is because I know you know, we can't tour right now because of the situation we're all dealing with here across the world. Um, but what do you usually have more anxiety to putting out a new record or going on a new tour? Um, I think the music part record, I think is more pressure. Um, the, the performing live, the, the music's already written. That's like, I, from that point, it's exciting. You're building all of the cool visuals and the choreography and the wardrobe and this whole production around the music that's already kind of there. You know what I mean? Um, the only anxiety I make it is I don't like to be away from my family. So um, it's always that tug and pull. I feel, you know, so alive on stage and it's like my soul's just supposed to be there. At the same time, I'm always torn and like miss my family when I have to be gone. So there's always that aspect. But I think it's going to do an album. You just want to make sure, you know, when you're there, okay, I'm here for three months just for this exact reason. I think that's a little bit more probably pressure. Mm, Absolutely. So with that, I do want to thank you so much for, you know, the conversation and uh, doing the show for me. Like I said, it's a bucket list one for me. I'm extremely happy that I got the interview and I do want everybody Aww. out there. Yes, it's a, it's a big moment for me. I, I do appreciate it. I really do. And I need everybody out there to make sure if you guys haven't streamed or pick up the physical copy of Mother, it's out right now. It's a fantastic record. Check out the singles. I'm going to play two tracks right after the interview, guys. So with that, Maria, thank you so much for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Thank you so much for the great conversation. And it was an honor to do this with you. And thank you to everybody. Yes, please stream the album and everybody be kind to each other through this and take care of each other. And before you know it, we'll all be headbanging together back in our venues. So uh, stay safe and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Come out to a show, okay? Absolutely will. That's for sure. I can't okay. wait till they're back. <laughs> so. I know, me too. Cool. All right, thank you. Stay safe. You too. Thanks, Maria.
Football Sucks Podcast.
All right, guys, and we are back. First song you heard is The In-Between, and that is off the latest record, Mother, by In This Moment. Second song, also off that record, As Above, So Below. Once again, guys, jump on the streaming, jump on that whatever streaming platform you have. Check out this record. It's a fantastic record. I'm a huge fan of this band, huge fan of this record. Uh, Mother, it's out right now, guys. Third song you heard, another band that I just adore, Paradise Lost. Their latest record, Obsidian, is coming out May 15th. That is the song called Ghosts. Paradise Lost is one of those bands. I think this is their 15th or 16th record. And man, they always put out amazing material. So make sure you guys are pre-ordering, supporting, checking out that album. Once again, Obsidian is coming out May 15th. With that, I want to thank everybody so much for the emails, the five-star reviews. We keep getting on the good old iTunes. We truly appreciate all that, guys. It's the best. Uh, We want to thank everybody for checking out our other podcast, our documentary podcast, Rise to Offend. We really appreciate you guys doing that as well. And with that, stay safe out there. Uh, You guys got anything to say on the outro? No. What about you, Sylvia? Gooch is drinking a White Claw like a bitch. Whoa. Good day. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to y'all next week. It's only 100 calories. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.